guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, this is Cherry. And this is Kat. And welcome to Keeping It Creepy with Cherry and Kat. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, today's topic is antebellum, which is a little mm. less yay. It's a little, little less It is a little, little yeah, less yay. I'm still so disappointed. I know. <sighs> I don't even know where to start. Okay, so I guess we'll start with our, like, spoiler-free synopsis, as yes. usual. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to try this. Yes. I don't even know what to say this time. Usually, uh-huh. I have too much to say. Now I don't have enough. So Antebellum, for those of you who hopefully have heard of it, is um, it's the movie by Monkey Paw Productions that stars Janelle Monet, And it's like she... Mm, it's hard to describe without spoilers, but I'm going to try. So basically, what we get in the trailer is that we see her working as a slave on a plantation, but we also see her in modern day times, like with cell phones and cars and a laptop, et cetera, with a family and a child and everything. And you get the sense from the trailer that she's been um, sort of, well, you see her get kidnapped in the trailer and at least one of the trailers. So we get the sense that maybe it's a time travel sort of thing that she is kidnapped and somehow sent back through time to be a slave, which is kind of terrifying. Also because it is monkey paw of course you expect it to be horror and it is um it's labeled as being a horror movie so all you get from the trailer is the sense that janelle monet's character lives in modern times is like a like seems to be um sort of upper middle class or upper class based on like the clothing she wears and when we see her house with her family and she's kidnapped and somehow sent back in time to slavery period synopsis ends because literally to say anything more would be to spoil the movie um so spoiler free synopsis over yeah this is the point where we announce that if you have not seen this movie and you and do you not want to <laughs> and you, if you haven't seen this movie and you want to and you hate spoilers then pause this episode here go and watch antebellum it is now streaming on i know i watched it on verizon but it's also on amazon or you could pirate it um <coughs> <What>? <coughs> i would recommend <coughs> pirating it i didn't say that um but uh <laughs> you could uh go and watch it and then come back and listen to this rest of the episode you you're gonna want to you're gonna want to hear you're gonna want to commiserate i'm just gonna say that all right so Wow. First of all, what the fuck did we watch? What the fuck did I watch? Uh, I have a new tagline for their poster when the DVD comes out, when the Blu-ray version put, what if Get Out, but Lazy and the Village? <gasps> oh, yeah, and the Village. I When we got to the point where it was clearly not time travel, the Village is the first thing I thought. Because I was like, how are they able to do this without people knowing what's going on? Okay, so... <laughs> like how how were they I got the village vibes immediately once we figured out once we were like shown the truth of what was happening but I still don't know what the fuck I was watching I don't so know. yeah so it's not time travel it's not like a clever um you know physical memory there's that great line about how like you know your ancestors reach through time to get yeah. a more stable future it has nothing to do with anything no anything the Faulkner no. quote has nothing to do with anything the past is never dead it is not even past i wrote that down i thought it was important it's oh not yeah important. i actually wrote down Faulkner quote no thank you because i don't need more Faulkner in my life i don't and they, they didn't either apparently they didn't <laughs> no. <either. laughs> no none of that has to do with anything it's literally white people kidnapping black people and then throwing them in the woods and making them like LARP slavery. Right. It's like a Civil War reenactment, except the Black people are literally being treated like slaves instead of pretending to be slaves. It's actual. There's a couple of stupid hints. And the first, the woman at the very, very beginning, the one we see, like, her husband or whatever is kind of, like, being held back, and then they, like, catch it with the rope in the mm-hmm. green dress. She had on a gold ne- a gold cross necklace. Yes. Yeah, that and was the one. She had the nose ring and the gold cross. Oh, I didn't notice she had the nose ring. Yeah. I noticed the necklace. And my that's my that's not my first note. But, oh, my first note was during that scene, I said, is it weird? First of all, all of my notes are questions. Yes, almost all of mine are too. So almost all of my notes are questions. So my first question was, is it weird that I think it's weird that the slaves have on full dresses? Yeah. Um, that's expensive. Like, Crinoline is expensive. Thank you. And like in slavery times, slaves wore the least possible for modesty's sake. So like it would, they would have been shift dresses, if anything. They wouldn't have had on these full, like neck high, long sleeve, full 
like full crinoline skirt, 1800s dresses. Like that's not how real slaves, they wouldn't have spent that kind of money unless they were house slaves, but we were dealing with field slaves. Field slaves would not have had that kind of outfit on. And so I was like, that's already weird. And I was like, she has a gold necklace. Where'd she get that from? That was like, but you could tell, I was like, this isn't a mistake that she has this gold necklace on. Like this isn't a sort of, you know, coffee cup in the Game of Thrones scene accident. This is not an anachronism. I was like, that necklace is on purpose. What are we doing here? Yeah. Well, and then, and then there's another hint, which is, um, something that I I made a note of it first, um, (laughs) was they're burning the cotton. They burn the cotton. They pick it and then they burn it. There's a huge bonfire of cotton. And I was like, why are they burning the cotton? Don't people use cotton for stuff? I was like, is right. this a perfume commercial thing? Oh, for those of you who don't know, Bush Plus Rents um, is the directorial team that put this together. Of course, they're men. Um, and they have never done anything except like perfume and Givenchy ads. <laughs> so <laughs> I was expecting this to be like a highfalutin perfume ad and kind of it was. Right. So- <laughs> which which we mentioned in our, in our like, was it like 10 10 movies or whatever that we're looking forward to yes. that got canceled by quarantine that episode. Yeah. Like yes. we definitely mentioned Antebellum. The trailer looked like a, a perfume ad and it was beautiful. It was. If I was watching just for like the shots, some of those shots were really good. It was yeah. nice. But the women looked horrific. It was just not covered, sweaty, shiny black women with yep. no, no highlights, no good lighting. Like nope. they looked awful. Right. And not even just in the slavery scenes. No. When you kind of like, well, you can just, you know, you can justify them looking terrible on a plantation picking cotton. But like even in the modern day scenes, like Janelle Monet was just not, well, she was never properly lit, which mm-hmm. was not promising because then um, when Gabourey Sidibe enters and she's darker than Monet, and you're like, so you're also not ever going to be well, well lit. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. They were always shiny on the forehead for no reason. Just, it's not highlight. It's, it looks like sweat. Yeah. It probably wasn't sweat. <laughs> no, it was, it was just poor lighting, poor Bad makeup. Lighting. I don't know what it was. Just, it, it was not pretty for people, but everything, the items, every item looked very nice. Yes, every item did look very nice. Even that drink that the guy gives, uh, I don't know any of these character names. <laughs> Gabourey Sidibe, yeah. But yeah, yeah even <laughs> the drink that she gets, like, looks really, I was like, ooh, I would drink that. Yeah. Cranberry vodka. That Cranberry vodka. Nice it does. It was very impression. ruby. It was. It was, it was very lovely colored. Like, it was transparent. It was nice. Speaking of Gabourey Sidibe, I actually like her as an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was upset for her. I remember you said after you saw it that you think Janelle Monet should get a new agent. I think Gabourey Sidibe should also get a new agent because... Um, her acting in this movie was just, was exactly like her character on Empire, except it made sense on Empire because for those of you who've never seen it, Empire was a, I think it's, I think it's over now. I think it's ended, but Empire was a primetime soap opera. It was specifically a soap, the soap opera genre. So, you know, soap operas, they're supposed to be really over the top and act really extra. And the music is really like big and like, it's, you know, that soap opera feel. She, she was playing the exact same character, which if you've seen her in other things, that's not her style. It's not like she always plays. No, she has range. So for her to be playing in this very allegedly serious movie, be playing this same over-the-top, really extra, exaggerated black girl stereotype was like, oh, that's got to be the director's fault. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was 100%. And you know what? With her trash lines and her trash time that she had in this movie, she was still one of the only times that I was enjoying watching someone even poorly lit on the (laughs) screen. I did not. It's not a fun, enjoyable movie for me. But um, so I have have, uh, a theory as to why her character is okay. written that way. And I think the same reason that Veronica is written uh-huh. the way that Is that Janelle is. Monet's character? Um, okay. Yes, that's that's Janelle Monet's character. Veronica slash Eden yeah, slash whatever, whatever. Janelle Monet. <laughs> um, and that is, this movie hates women and it wants you to know, and it hates millennial women specifically, and it wants you to know that no black woman has ever been an expert at anything. So... <laughs> Gabourey Sidibe has to be this like awful man-eating, scenery-chewing wildebeest of a person because she's a relationship expert. So it's to show that she doesn't actually know anything about relationships in the same way that 
Victoria, Victoria, Veronica, I think Veronica, Veronica. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica V. Uh, the same way that she is supposed to be this black leadership mm-hmm. person who doesn't know anything, who talks about like diaspora and you know the pa- the past, uh, how difficult the past is for um, you know African Americans yeah. for 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 black people growing up, who doesn't actually know suffering, who doesn't actually know how to be a leader. The whole movie is set up so that no black person is an expert. Right, like she she's supposed to be allegedly this like well known author, this person who speaks on behalf of black people and Black Lives Matter and like all of that, like world renowned, famous, whatever. But on this plantation, on this fake plantation, mind you, she can't even lead the people to escape. Really. And she's like downtrodden and despaired by the time we get to her because she's given up on like trying to leave. But that's completely opposite of what her personality is. Like it doesn't match. And that part at the beginning when she's with her husband and her daughter and they listen to her like that little part of her interview or whatever, all those lines were trash. All, all of those lines oh, yeah. are trash. It's like a white oh, man. Yeah. I don't know if a white man wrote it. I should have looked up the writer, but it's like, it sounded like what a kind of woke white person thinks a black person should sound like in an interview. I would rather them have just stolen some quotes from some actual black leaders and just pretended they were hers. I'd rather them have done that. Like (laughs) we, in this particular day and age, they it's because it was Bush and Wren's. Okay, great. So it's these, it's what half of Bush and Wren's is a black man, but it's men who are writing women and it's rich men who have had been working with Givenchy. Like they right. don't know what regular brown people <laughs> talk like. They- and that's the sense you get is that she's supposed to be this, like this woman who started out as like a regular, like lower middle-class middle-class person, like lifestyle, like childhood, but she got a college degree and she got like a PhD and now she's doing all this stuff. Like she kind of, it's, it seems like she's supposed to have this like, not pulled herself up by the bootstraps, but like I started low and now I've done all these things to work to get here sort of thing. So I've been thinking about this since I watched it. <laughs> this movie's <laughs> like haunted me this whole week. I know, I told I you. I think the issue, I think they tried to do too much in an hour 45. Like I think that if this were a book, which it's rare that I watch a movie and I'm like, you should have just written a novel. Get a ghostwriter. You had a good idea we didn't get enough character development to care. They tried to put like a 10 episode series <laughs> into an hour and 45 minutes and it didn't work. Like I could see a lot of good ideas that just like, you don't have time to flush this out. Like we didn't get enough time to know her as a modern day person to actually care that she was kidnapped. I didn't care. I know I was supposed to as a black woman. I didn't. I didn't care. (laughs) Um, I don't understand the purpose of the white friend. Like I get it because she's upper class. She would have a white friend, but we didn't, that friend was useless. That white lady, like she was literally just like a background character. She served no purpose in the story. As far as I could tell, I don't think. No. Okay. You agree. All right. Like, (laughs) um, okay. I think, so I agree with you in that if someone, if someone who was maybe um, better, just better at everything, <laughs> um, then Bush and Renz had taken this idea and, and been like, all right, there's modern day white supremacists who are so desperate to recapture the glory days that they set up this mm-hmm. fake mm-hmm. plantation and capture prominent black people and force them into this life of servitude to, to, for their own sick, twisted right. ego. Um, maybe they could have done a good job with it, but I think it would have been, if they had given this uh, a mini series to Bush and Rents, it would have been nine episodes of horrific things happening. <laughs> Probably. To black and then like an episode of the same amount of plot that we got from the, this movie. I just don't, I just don't think that they went into it wanting, they, there are so many things that happen in the script that I was just, I have so many, look, look, at, look at all of these notes. <laughs> these are all notes. notes. Because, because I was just like in yeah. shock. And so every time something happened, I would just make a note. Like, who wrote this dialogue? Perfume commercials don't have dialogue. That's why. That's why. I don't <laughs> understand. So the light-skinned woman who like can't, comes in new with the nice hair, who they named, I forget what they named her, Jillian, I think was the name that they assigned to her. I didn't understand why 
like she her character arc was way too short for her to be in such despair so so she gets kidnapped somehow and brought to this fake plantation and we know she's pregnant and then the guy that we think is going to be nice to her beats her and then like he doesn't rape her which I guess is good. He's just offended that she thinks that he's nice. So he beats her up. And so she loses her baby and then hangs herself. I was like, yes. yeah. I mean, she was robbed. She needed, she, her, she needs a new agent. Everybody who was in this movie needs a new agent. I don't, I hate to say that people aren't good actors when I've only seen them in one thing, because this really could be a director thing, but she was terrible. She was. And because but I, I, I feel like I don't want to blame her. I want to see something else with her. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I, don't blame her. I'm going to look up. I forget what her real name is, but I, that's not, this is not her first. This is not the first thing I've seen her in. She confronts V like, I know who you are and you're a real leader. And why right. aren't you helping us? And V's like, you can't talk. And we know that they can't talk because we got some helpful exposition, which I, I made the note. Um, I'm, I'm so glad. Good exposition. I was so worried. I wouldn't have context for right. the great beatings. Um, because it just comes out of nowhere. Someone stands on a wagon and right? shouts it at you. Okay, she is... Oh, that's her? <laughs> she's the black girl in Flatliners. Oh. Yeah, yeah. she's good looking. <laughs> um, she just looks a little different. But okay, so so she, when V puts her out, like, you yeah. are screaming and you are going to yeah. get us murdered. And she just yeah. keeps screaming with the open yep. window right there. And so V puts her out. Um, she literally shakes her yep. fist at the door like like an like an elderly white gentleman in a 1950s dennis the menace see, you cartoon know, strip and i was like who no nobody you know, knows you know it's not her nobody. fault because remember the reason we can see that she's shaking her fist is because they did the split screen so we could see janelle monet yes. on one side and her on shaking her fist on the other side some director said shaking shake that her, fist. Take, I, w- I wanted the split screen right here so you got to shake your fist at the door you got to react to the door <laughs> I can do this cool looking split screen. That was not her fault. I don't blame her for that. She was also in Dope and she was in the movie Sweetheart, which I haven't seen, but it is a, it's a, like a fantasy drama on Netflix. If anyone wants to see it. My husband said it was really good. Sweetheart. Say that. So the thing I, I remember her from Flatliners. I don't think she's a bad actress based on what I remember of her in Flatliners. I don't remember watching Flatliners thinking, girl, this, this girl needs help. Like Flatliners was not an amazing movie. But I've seen it several times. I'm going to blame, again, the director. <laughs> and you know what? It is the director's fault because the director made me watch another movie with Jenna Malone in it. And <laughs> I am so sick seeing Jenna Malone I did in not. movies. I'm sure she's a very nice girl, but she is in everything I hate. If I, The minute I see Jenna Malone pop up on a movie, I'm like, God, I'm going to hate this movie. And I do. Sometimes it's her fault. Sometimes it's just proximity. Yeah. Uh, and she plays shitty people. Like... This character, shitty person. Um, her character in Hunger Games, supposed, gets a redemption, a little bit of a redemption arc, but a shitty person. Her character in The Ruins, my favorite number one horror movie of all time, a shitty person. I hate, because I saw the movie, The Ruins, before I read the book, I hate her character in the book <laughs> because of <laughs> Jenna Malone's portrayal. Because of I Jenna can only Malone. read the book picturing Jenna Malone. I hate, it's her, I, she picks shitty her characters are shitty human beings. It's not even like, is she a bad actress? No, these are just shitty people in general. <laughs> also, this is the second Jenna Malone movie that I've seen that pretended to be a horror movie, but was just actually it kind really of a thriller. Was just, and not even, it was kind of a thriller. Kind, kind of a thriller. Maybe if they hadn't used the music from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, maybe I would have <laughs> felt more terrified but i just kept expecting like espionage and someone to like slip her a note like i thought they were spies i did not feel like i was watching horror i was not uncomfortable unnerved at all not one time that's one of my notes would i get a creepy vibe if i didn't already know it was monkey paw like if i had you go into it knowing oh is it monkey paw though i think it oh you know what wait i've had this conversation i've had this conversation I think we think it's I think we do, paw, but there's not- some sort of, there is a correlation there, I think, that I keep getting confused. You're right. We've talked about mm-hmm. this back when we did the other, <laughs> we did the other thing about the, like, the 10 movies we were sad weren't coming out because of um, quarantine. You're right. It's not Monkey Paw. Why do I keep going there? Maybe just because they're Black. <laughs> I, might, I might be being racist. 
But no, you know what? That's not fair to say to you because this movie was so clearly trying to be get out and not in a, oh, it's because there's black yeah. and white conflict. No, fuck you. Jenna Malone literally is a, I'm a random white woman who steals the blacks from my daddy. Like it's literally the same plot. I told my daddy not to pick you. You had a big mouth. Like she, <laughs> it was the worst Southern accent. Cause she, I know you beat Anna Paquin's rogue. I don't know how oh, you could God. do that. Her, his, her, <laughs> right? Somehow, Jenna Malone, your accent. But well, you're right. Worse. This is not Monkey Paw in any way, shape, or form. I I apologize to Jordan Peele and all of Monkey Paw Productions for blaming right, yeah. you for this fiasco of a film. But also, Bush and Rents owes you an apology for blatantly ripping off your movie and then somehow not having anywhere near as good a movie. Like, if you're gonna rip it off, can you at least make a decent right? one? Like, it's your source material is already so high. <laughs> Written by Bush and Wrens, distributed by Lionsgate. I, I blame Lionsgate as well. Directed by Bush and Wrens. Like V has a convert, has a video chat with with Jenna Malone's <laughs> character that has no purpose except for us to be like, oh look, it's Jenna Malone in modern times because she literally says, "What are you calling right. me for? Do you want to talk about my book?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, you did have a book." And I was so, like, "But." You have an assistant. You're rich. Somebody had to vet her and put her Skype call right. through to you. And you weren't like... They didn't screen her. And then she, like, Janelle Monet says something like, oh, are you a headhunter? And she goes, yeah, I'm a headhunter. And I guess that was supposed to be, like, foreshadowing that she, like, hunts the Black people that they're going to put on this fake plantation. It's supposed to be... Do you get, get it? it? Get it? Do you get it is on here, like, 30 times. She said headhunter. I'm a head... Did you catch it? <laughs> Oh, oh, Jan- Janelle Monae staying in the, in the Jefferson suite. Do you get it? Do you get, you get, it? It? Do you get, get it? it? Did you get it? She was saying, because it doesn't, the fact that she's in, it doesn't matter what suite it is. Oh, except the, the Jefferson suite. Did you catch it? Because Jefferson had Whoa. slaves and slept with a black woman. Did you get it? <laughs> Did you catch God, all these blatant, obvious, damn. terrible references? Did you catch them? <laughs> if my assistant if i have once we become um rich and famous uh and, and very popular <laughs> and i have an assistant of my own if my assistant ever puts jenna malone on a skype call with me <laughs> you're fired immediately i'm firing you immediately immediate firing. i was so bored with this movie i even wrote down that um in the scene where she's like after she's doing the yoga and we see gabaret for the first time that she's blatantly wearing ivy park which is uh you know beyonce's brand and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess they paid her to wear that outfit in the scene. Great. I also, I also, wanted, <laughs> oh, here's, here we go. Here's another, did you get it? Did you get it? Nudge, nudge. Um, the white, the white woman's panel at that random conference that they're at, what, uh, was called the exorcism of the unresolved past. Do you get it? Because it's supposed to be yes. like Jamel Monet has an unresolved past. So there is no past. It's, that's, it's like two months ago. <laughs> because she, there's no time travel. <laughs> We have uh, our reprehensible white character, which, by the way, we make all of our white characters, except for our good little white best friend, um, just these like irredeemable, completely irredeemable. Monsters. And the white friend is so pointless. You can't even say, I mean, I guess she's a good person because she's their friend and she doesn't do anything terrible to them, but she's so pointless that she doesn't even help. She's not even the, oh, well, see, not all white people are bad. You can't even say that here because she's so pointless. And don't get me wrong, I don't need anybody to tell me white people are great, ever. But the point is that when you make every white character of this irredeemable, racist, horrible person, caricature of a bad guy, what you're basically saying is that anyone who is racist is 100% awful, evil, irredeemable, and noticeable right off the bat, which is not true. You have no concept of systemic or embedded or, you know, sociological racism which is the right. point of right you know uh, which should be the point of any These kind of work that's trying to tackle racism in america big belt buckle confederate flag on the back of my truck having i'm gonna cuss you out to your face and drop the n-word in front of a crowd racist these were not subtle in any way shape or form this wasn't oh that's why you didn't get the job because they're racist no they were all out there and blatant and when you say that every single white person is going to be like this 125% racist, what you're saying is that anybody who isn't is 125% like right. and that, perfect and good, yeah. like white best friend. So there's absolutely no dichotomy. And that's just not accurate. It's just not. No. 
it's just not accurate. I don't, I don't know how else to say this. Just this whole movie has, it seems like a movie that wants, that's pretending, oh, we're feminist, we're forward, we're woke, we're all about the race and the struggle. But everything that it says is the opposite. All these women are frauds. None of them mm -hmm. are actually experts in anything that they do. Um, we have this plantation full of black people, but they're all sheep who just go along with whatever's happening except for V because V is the brilliant one and she's educated <laughs> and she does yoga. And so she's the only one who can escape. Everyone else is just going to sit there. Even professor, professor of what? I don't know. They literally say she his name as She called him professor. <laughs> that oh, that's right. That's right. right. His name's Which the credit. completely yeah. goes against their own script because the general, whatever one of the them general, yeah. basically implies that they only take, like the most vocal black people mean implying that they don't they take the ones they see yes. on the news they take the ones that they see like leading the protests like so that implies that every single one of these black per people is someone who fights for black lives fights for us is out there in the media in the news you see their face you know their name you know who they are and they get here and you can you can just break them like that makes zero sense that made no sense to me. You're gonna take all of these people who are prominent in the black community and they're not gonna fight. You can't take Pookie off the street and he not fight. Like, no, like, like you can't just make me a slave. Like, no, <laughs> I've lived. <laughs> even, so even if they're, let's say that they're contradicting themselves because then later when Jenna Malone gets her speech, her speech basically seems to imply that everybody else was some little sheeple that they picked up and it was just because V is so so educated and she does horseback riding and she's so smart and that's what makes her like right. special enough to not have to be a slave but everybody else is just gonna chill till the cops come i guess because that's what <laughs> yeah, black yeah. people do we would have wait till the cops come to save could you imagine because <laughs> <laughs> all those decades of protests no they didn't happen <laughs> It's just, it's so insulting. It's just, it's this idea that like, if you're, if, if you call someone racist, then they'll keep black people in there locked up in a yard somewhere and not be like, I don't know, not hire them or pay them proper wages because that's yes. how racism works in, in no. the real world. And we're just not going to talk about that at all. We're just going to go to this crazy, well, I'm not a racist. I would never <laughs> capture Janelle Monáe. That's exactly, that's, like, that's, that's the measurement. <laughs> either you are, either you would kidnap and rape and rape and enslave black people or you wouldn't so then i guess you're not racist because you wouldn't do that right and so that makes you yeah. not ra we beat racism guys there we, we, beat we, it. we did we beat it racism. <laughs> i am deeply unimpressed by the acrobatics over the floorboards <laughs> when she could shove a sharp piece of wood into his throat while he sleeps he literally gives her a knife and she, so she can cook some chicken murder this man she could have been we don't know how long she's been there, but she could have all this time, she could have been whittling a stick. Like, you don't have to have a knife to murder a human right. being, okay? <laughs> instead of doing, instead of doing weird, like, I, sumo across the floor all the time, and it took me so long to figure out what the fuck she was doing. I didn't even get it. And I remember the scene where she's like tiptoeing across the floor, testing which boards squeak and which don't. But by the time we get to the one that where it, it shows why she did that and she does that like She does yeah, because she's yoga because that's what saves her. Do you remember when she was had she had yoga right. and that's what saved her because she's special? Remember yeah. when, the, when the yoga instructor was there and oh she's in that back bend and she was sweaty because it was it was Bikram yoga because Bikram is such a yes, pillar of society that we want to say <laughs> society. Um that she's doing, she's making her own Bikram yoga and the back bend, the back bend was important. I hope you remembered that back bend because when she did it and it mattered, I said, why did she just do a back bend? <laughs> my husband was like, remember because of the four boys, she doesn't want to I was like, oh, I was like, she could, he said, it was only like four boys. She could have just stepped over it. I was like, okay. So she, okay. So it's not just me. You, he also saw that she could have just, she could have just, these boards are like, they were such skinny board she could have just stepped over it but she had it in the back bend whatever it's fine okay whatever whatever no i don't know a little bit of, uh, i would like to point out that we do see that back bend in the trailer which is something that even further makes you think it's like get out because you know it, it had that weird creepy oh look at the weird back bend something's going on no. nothing's going on no there's nothing there <laughs> uh, god yeah. my notes are all over the place at one point i put janelle has a lot of jumpsuits power that suits. was important to write yeah. down 
my, my modern, modern Janelle only wore power suits. Power jumpsuits, by the way. Not like Hillary Hi. Clinton. Oh, I read, like, what, is this white child a ghost? Oh, yes, in the hotel. in the hotel. <laughs> Which was, because let's, it was so misleading. Go, I wanted that to go somewhere. <laughs> That's what I put. Is this white child a ghost? Because she just showed up. There were no adults hanging out in this hotel by herself. Just there, in this old outfit. It's because her mom was busy throwing uh, Janelle Monae's mail on the ground because she's a bad lady and that's what bad ladies do. Yeah, they break into rooms and they steal lipstick. And they use your toilet. And don't wash their hands. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> they're bad. That's what bad women do. That's right. They pee in your toilet and they don't wash their hands and they take your lipstick. And then they flip your do not disturb sign. <laughs> Is she supposed to be scary? It's a joke. Like, this whole movie is a joke. The dialogue is a joke. They just, they say every once in a while, I would write down a piece of dialogue. Oh, let let the sound of Confederate victory bring joy to your labor. That was a really good one. Um, see, where were some others? Uh, Jenna Malone's, like, final monologue was awful. And... It was awful because it was Jenna Malone and because it was poorly written, but also because it alludes to things that we did not know, such as the fact that the general is her father. We don't right. know that. We never we don't know that. that out until she's like, my daddy. And I was like, who the fuck's your dad? Who's your daddy? I thought he was her husband. That means that we never see her mother then because we, ne- we only see him and her. That's right. Uh, except what you are, you are nothing. You ain't nothing but a cotton picker. I think that was a good one. Um, and I was like, "Ooh, burn! Yeah, not a burn. That, that was not a burn. That was so good." <laughs> and then <She> literally- <laughs> it's up to a woman to clean up the mess of a man. Do you get it? Do you get it? Because it's the two women get it. fighting in there. Yeah, because the because the-, the general got locked in the burn box, and so Jenna had to take care of it. Yeah, it's yeah. So, so, so it's two women. Like, yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> Those lines are so good. <laughs> I wrote. Wait, I put. That I'm, I'm lightly mad. These are my exact words. I'm lightly mad that they're called a revolution is the Negro National Anthem. I was so mad about this movie <laughs> that the next morning, <laughs> after I told Cherry that I watched this movie, I messaged her and I was like, look, I went to bed. I got up. I went for a run. I had breakfast. I'm still mad. <laughs> so we have so to mad. have an episode on this because I need to get <laughs> rid of mad. this anger. Like, it, I just, it's got to go out into the world. This man, this, she finally... <laughs> Janelle Monet finally decides she's had the last straw after however many times she's tried to escape and doesn't make it because the light-skinned woman hung herself and, and you know and I think that's I think at that point we do know the truth about like how this plantation is not a real plantation or whatever and so she says to the professor who is the only other black person to get a name she says to the professor tell, tell everyone tonight's the night like we're doing it tonight or something like that and so this man whistles the first line of the Negro National Anthem, lift every voice and sing. And it pissed me off. I feel like I was supposed to be like, yeah, black people go to rap. I was not happy or excited. I was not cheering or applauding and you know anything. What? If you were, you would have immediately been upset anyway, because the next scene is when we find out when she means tell everyone. She just means tell him because no other black person escaped. No not one they just other sit pretty in their cabins like the sheep that they apparently had become i guess this reformer plantation as the white folks were calling it was working which also pissed me off because at this point i know that these are regular modern day 2020 or 2019 black people and you're telling me that all 50 of y'all didn't come up with a plan y'all don't have it it's criminals in prisons that then figured out how to use the pipes of the toilets to communicate because I watched a whole series on Netflix, (laughs) okay? And you all couldn't figure out how to communicate. You have this whole whistling, singing song sort of slaves with zero education figured out how to communicate. And you all with college degrees and high school diplomas and cell phones cannot figure out how to come together and revolt. I was so angry. Like I was so, like my skin was crawling. Like you, no one else came out. 
Look, man, that whole, but you know what? Watching them fumble through that escape, I was like, well, maybe I would stay in the damn cabin because this is like their third, fourth, 15th escape attempt. And they, their plan is to run out to somebody's horse who has a cell phone. Okay. Now they manage, here's the thing. They manage to make a call before they have to go back to the cabin and unlock it. And so I don't, but the, so I don't, I don't understand. First of all, they that, that they didn't have a plan, and the reason we know they didn't have a plan is because they weren't supposed. The white people weren't supposed to have cell phones on the on the plantation. So the fact that this man has a cell phone is a fluke, because he didn't follow the rules. And his cell phone, we do see uh, someone with a cell phone in a previous scene. It's not the same man or the same cell phone. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah, that's the general. Oh. Wait, no, I thought the other guy, I thought the other guy who had the cell phone was not the general. No, he picked, okay, so what happened was. <laughs> Can I not tell my white people apart? No, you can't. But you know what? They all have the same Confederate mustache, so I'm not even my mad bad. about it, bro. They all look alike. <laughs> my bad. Um, so, yeah, he, um, the guy who, the general who owns Janae Manel, um, right. gets a phone call in the middle of the night because he's a senator. And that's, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so he... <laughs> also useless to the plot. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he gets a, a, a call in the middle of the night and she like looks out the window and is like, oh, he's got a cell phone in his saddlebag. I'll remember that later. So I guess it was a plan in that like two okay. nights before she figured out he had a cell phone. So what their plan is that Janelle Monet escapes. She does not try to incapacitate the general. Uh, they do not nope. try to convince anybody else to join the plan. It's just her and this guy nope. who doesn't have a name because she doesn't name him until he's dead. Um, right. This one guy... And then they go, she, they start to run away and she says, no, wait, she goes to the horse. And I was like, yes, please get on this horse. The horse will be fast. No, we're not going to get on the horse yet. No, we're going to run. We're going to grab this cell phone and try to make a call. So she grabs the cell phone. They're sitting on literally the steps of this cabin. Yep. They make a call. It kind of drops. She gets a hold of her, her husband for like a second. Yep. And it doesn't, I don't know. She, she's just having a hard time talking. Like it keeps dropping the call. Okay. So then they drop the cell phone and hide in the shadows because that's what you do. Yep. And these two drunk white guys walk by and the, the guy who had caused um, the, the young girl to miscarry and kill herself is one of them. And they see yes. the cell phone and they pick it up for safekeeping. Like, oh, this belongs to somebody. We better pick it up. And uh, right. when he wanders off to a field to pee, they murder him. And that's cool. Or maybe they just knock him unconscious. Honestly, it's not shocking. They knock him out. It's not shocking. I don't think he was dead. I would I have murdered everyone. I'm sorry. I... I didn't think he was dead and I was mad that he wasn't dead because I was like, they've been literally, they literally branded you. He's been raping you every night. They, I'm pretty sure they were burning human black people in the burn box. Yes, they were a hundred percent. And you aren't straight up fucking murdering these people. Like, no, I, I'm sorry. It didn't make sense. So they get the cell phone back. And then even though they have been able to use this phone, um, they have a clear way out. They could just wander into the woods until they find signal, right? Yeah. And they could take this horse. Um, they go, well, we, 100%. we had signal back at the cabin. Let's go back into the cabin. Let's go back. And go back. so they go into the cabin. Of course, the general is awake. He murders Professor. That's how we get to find out his name. She, uh, she, they also go back because she says, we need his face to unlock the phone. Yes. They need his face now to unlock this phone, which first of all, emergency calls don't require unlocking your phone. And second of all, yes. Second of all, <laughs> you already use this goddamn phone when it's been right. Well, the, the first time she uses it, the first time she uses it, it is to make an emergency call. That's the call that drops to nine one one. But she calls her husband too, and the call drops. Remember, she calls him oh, right, right after. So no, yeah. it's not just the emergency call. No. So they go back to unlock the phone. She does get it unlocked. Calls her husband, hangs up on him this time so she can send a pin, which works. Yes. So that's three calls. Yes. One of them, she had to unlock the phone with his face. <laughs> one of them. I hate, I hate this movie. Just the third one. I just hate this movie. She gets on the horse, she rides off, whatever. I don't know. There's a thing where she locks some guys in the berm. I didn't even care at this point. I didn't care about... At this, I just wanted this movie to be over. She does light some white guys on fire. They do allegedly burn to death. I didn't care. I didn't care anymore. 
this I have not been this angry at a, at a at a movie that pretended to be feminist and woke that was actually like shitty and anti women since blindness. And the exact same I, thing happens <laughs> in blindness, where we have this one woman who has powers. Uh, in in V's case, it's because she's so smart and knows yoga. But in in blindness, it's that Julianne Moore is literally the only person who can see, and they let themselves get like horribly brutalized. They make no 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 efforts whatsoever to protect themselves until all these nope. horrible things have happened and all these other people are dead, and then they do something. And you're like, what? And then they do what something. the hell was the point? What the hell is the point now? Because light skin was planning to join the revolution. She would have helped. Right? You could have made this happen way easier. Way easier. I don't even know, man. Like step one, when you wake up in the middle of the night because you decided you're going to escape, murder your rapist. Step one, murder the general, your rapist. Murder him right there in the bed. It's a horror movie. Kill him. Why is he alive? What are we doing here? I, I didn't, I guess they left him alive so that they could burn him in the burn box. Is that supposed to be irony? Because that's where they were burning the cotton and then the black people that they didn't like got burned in the burn box. I don't know. Very confused about that. Because with that black woman at the beginning with the necklace, it's implied that she was burned up in the burn box. Yes. Yes, it was. Step one, this man's asleep next to you. This man sleeps next to you every night and he lives? I just would have been burning. I would have been dead. Y'all got pokers and shit in that room? Like, yeah, she had a whole fire in her cabin. And this man just lives. You couldn't get, I, you, she couldn't convince every black female slave to like somehow entice one of these slave masters into their bedroom at the same night and then just burn all their cabins down. I don't know. There, I don't know. I feel like there were so many better plans. And then she like, okay, so let's go, let's skip ahead. So now the general and two of his dudes and burned up in the burn box and the professor is dead and Janelle Monet's on this horse, fucking finally on a horse. And Jenna Malone is riding behind her and they fight and Jenna Malone's on the ground and Janelle's on the ground. Janelle managed to get on a horse and lassos Jenna Malone's neck. Does she immediately tie the rope to the, I don't know what that thing is called, but like the handle on the front of the saddle. Pommel, she it's a pommel. The pommel, does she immediately tie the rope to the pommel and then ride away and drag Jenna Malone's racist ass behind her? No, she gets off the horse and she walks over to her so they can fist fight? Yes, because I don't, who choreographed the fights in this, by the way, first of all, because <laughs> the general fight where we have um, the professor is fighting the general and V is just waving her arms in the round and then she jumps on his yep. back for no reason and I don't know. No reason. But the whole, the whole thing is very ugly and hard to follow. The Jenna Malone fight is even more egregiously awful because it's, it's hard to see. Um, she gets the upper hand by doing this thing with her leg that I don't think you can actually do. I like, couldn't tell. She rocks her leg up and back and then like hooks it over Jenna Malone's shoulder and like kicks her down. To the point where yes. when I watched it, I was like, legs don't do that. I mean, I guess it was not really. supposed to be one of those yoga, because they even shoot it in a way that I don't think that her leg did that. But they shoot it <laughs> like that, because they like zoom in on the leg at a weird angle. Yeah, and then, and Jenna Malone has this weird like 1800s, I'm sorry, no. She has this weird like 1600s pirate sword that I think was supposed <laughs> to be 1800s, but it looked way too hooky, curvy, like Jack Sparrow to me to be like appropriate but then Janelle Monet is reacting I think as if she's being cut but I don't see her being cut the thing was as big as a machete so I don't know how I couldn't see what was happening with the knife because it was giant <laughs> do you know it's, why it's huge because there's no sword fights in perfume commercials there's no sword fights in perfume and commercials. therefore and therefore <laughs> it was not their strong suit um they, and then <laughs> so it the she wins this this fight lasso whatever thing that's happening because she she punches uh jenna malone in the face a bunch of times right. and she does that thing that no one has ever done in real life ever where they like say a word as they punch and i could not tell <laughs> what she was saying i remember no not at all three times Three times. Oh. It might be what kind of woman are you, but then that didn't even make sense for the context of the conversation that they were having, but also the dialogue sucks. So I buy it. 
I guess that's what she said. But we're feminists, remember? And so as a woman, she should have been on our feminist side, remember? Right. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, after all these cuts and beating her in the face, then she decides to drag her behind the horse. Oh, but just till they hit a statue of, of Robert E. Lee, because do you get it? It's like ironic. It's ironic because you get it. Yeah, you get it. Because they're because they're racist and they hit till they hit us uh, like a statue of Robert Lee. Do you get it? In the middle of fucking woods, in the middle of nowhere woods. (laughs) There's no civilization near this statue. It is literally surrounded by trees. But did you get it? Did you get it? Wink, wink, nod, nod. Jefferson (laughs) Sweet, Robert Lee statue. Did you get it? They're racist. (laughs) <laughs> so we have Janelle Monet covered in snot, obviously, super shiny, yeah. horribly shiny. lit, uh, yep. riding off into the woods with a saber raised on her horse. And I guess it was supposed to be really dramatic, but actually I had one of those like disbelieving laughs, like uh, not even a fun laugh. Like I wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> bad it wasn't even bad in a fun way to where I could be like, huh. this was the kind of laugh where it was like, what? <laughs> like, just, this is not a thing yeah. I'm seeing, right? This is. Nope. She rides out of the woods into the Civil War reenactment that I had called. Yeah. Like 40 minutes before. Obviously, yeah. And uh, no one stops what they're doing. They just continue to fire these fake cannons. <laughs> Anyway, I also thought it was, it was, oh, that was really convenient that like, you know, it's a war, a fake war, whatever. And they've got the like spike wall things and there just happened to be a a very large gap so that she could get from Mm -hmm. one side of the field to the other, because that's what you do in a reenactment. You leave your, you leave your gates wide open. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. someone, oh, black, there's gonna be a black woman coming any minute now on a horse. Just be ready. Just be ready. She she <laughs> rides past these reenactors, and then so there's some tourists. People oh. dress like tourists, like with khaki and polos and cameras. And then she yeah, and there are, there are parents and children oh. with blankets. Oh, and then we see the sign, and it says Antebellum, and that's the moment you get to go. Oh, that's the name of the movie we're watching. Oh, <laughs> I get it. It's a Civil War reenactment. Oh, that was clever. Who? Antebellum is a bad movie. Who is this movie for? Brown people are not going to like this movie. No brown person <laughs> is going to watch this movie and see themselves as any of these characters. They ain't going to feel no, it. And I was so angry. White people ain't going to like this movie because Mm-mm. it's going to be a... Because apparently all y'all are racist. All y'all would keep Janelle Monet locked up in your cabins. Yep. And that's messed up, man. You shouldn't do that. Which yep. What's wrong with you white people? And yeah. Or Latinx people at all. There's, there is only yeah. the black and the white. That's it. Um, there are only two races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you are not rich and you can't afford yoga and dressage classes, then you yep. are screwed and you will die. You're a sheep. You're a sheeple. You're just going to die. Yes. Antebellum is not a horror movie, but it is a horror show, is what I said. It is. Every single Black person I know has at some point had the, I couldn't be a slave. I would have just done this. And here was all of those people's opportunity to fulfill those words. And not near one of them did. But I think that's the point. Not one. I really feel like this is a, a mean movie. I feel like this movie is saying that, like, bad things about Black people. I feel like this movie is saying that, like, modern-day Black people are all talk, that they don't... We're just... Yep. They, they have no concept of suffering. They have no idea of their own freedom. They don't actually have a leg to stand on. They would never stand up to uh, white people the minute that you yep. strip them of their technology and their whatever, then they're just helpless, hapless children. It's so Helpless rude. sheep. It's so Helpless rude. sheep. That you could kidnap us and take away our freedom, and we would just suck it up and deal with it that we just put up with it because it doesn't make sense to me if they do in fact burn these burn humans in the burn box because that's what happened to that lady at the beginning they should not have had nearly as many slaves on that plantation all those folks should have been new because i guarantee you it's a whole i i cannot think of a single black person that would just take it no i can't even fight my arms are strictly for decoration but you would have to kill me like i'm not you you would have they would have to murder me. Like they would just have to. I would I would not you'd hit me with that whip whew, one time. And I don't know if I'm cussing you out. Like I might be afraid of death, but I'm not gonna if it's that or death, 
then Lord take me home. I'm not going to just lay down. Like I'm not a fighter, but you can't literally take my, like take my freedom from me like that. I am so offended. I was so pissed off at this movie. Like I wanted to like it so much. I can't believe I waited all summer for this. Yes, it was. I actually re-downloaded Letterboxd just so I could put uh, a review <laughs> on. And uh, I think that'll be my last note, really. Can, can you give just a corner of a star? Just like yeah, one of oh, the little Oh, can peaks? I actually put, go back and I don't know. Can, a star? I don't know. I put you, a one, but I feel like a okay. one is too generous. Too much. It's too it generous. It is. Um, hang on. Oh, I can. Okay, so now it is <laughs> now it is a, a half a star. So we can do a half star. Yes. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll log in. I did not, I do still have Letterboxd on my phone. I will, I will uh, give it a half star. I'll go do that. All right, and this is, <sighs> my, this is my review. Like Gabourey Sidibe, I too wish a hot Uber driver would have driven me away from antebellum at the halfway point, <laughs> dancing merrily and never to be seen again. Never to be seen again. Because that's what happens. She that's what it. happens. Yep. I, my last note I meant to look up the, the controversy behind this, but way before we get to the end, I wrote, so they got in trouble for wanting to put The Hunt in theaters, but this was okay? Got it. Right. I literally put, that's how, got it, mm. I got it, okay, right. Mm-hmm. But The Hunt did not go to theaters because people were angry about its message. If you all don't know what I mean, The Hunt was about um, people who kidnap white people and basically like hunt them, literally hunt them, hunt and kill. I guess, are they supposed to be racist white people? I don't even remember the whole thing. Uh, or I Republicans. Think, yeah, but everybody's white in it, so it doesn't matter. But everyone's right, white. Yeah, and that one, both sides were white, but it was like liberal white people would kidnap conservative white people and hunt them on this like piece of land or something like that I don't remember but it got a lot of flack and they people were very angry and were boycotting and so they 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 decided not to release in the theaters it's only streaming you can still watch it I know it's on Amazon I haven't seen it yet but you can see but Antebellum would have been in theaters had we not had a plague so the hunt was not okay but this was okay got it I will say that out of all of the movies that got totally screwed over by coronavirus and are going to see massively reduced profits, no movie deserves it more than Antebellum. Yes. I'm sad for Tenet. I'm sad for Candyman. I'm not sad for Antebellum. Yes. So, I mean, watch it at your own risk. If you did, then I hope you enjoyed our uh, discussion of its uh, right. demerits. Don't pay your streaming service $20 for this. Don't do it. Yeah, if you got don't through this without, uh, without actually watching it, um, don't. You've, 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 you've got the gist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google the summary somewhere and read it and be angry, yes. and that'll be plenty. It yeah. really is. Don't give them your money. No. They need to, perfume commercial makers need to know that they cannot branch out. Nice. Okay? Yes. <laughs> make, it, make it harder for everybody who's ever worked for Dolce & Gabbana. Thank you. Stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. And we will catch <laughs> thanks you for next listening. Time.